welcome to the Learn to License Your Photos podcast, the show where we teach you how to license your photos so you can earn additional revenue for your photography business. This episode features an interview with Robert Fox, who is the head of marketing at Ardo Brick. Ardo is a brick and tile manufacturer out of LA County who I have a very personal relationship with. I worked on Retainer for Ardo as their content creator for three years. I honestly credit working with them for helping my career in a lot of areas. First of all, they helped me stay self-employed when my wife was about to have a baby and I needed a steady income, which I'll forever be grateful for. Second, by working with them, I was able to get a ton of photo shoots in, which helped me to get better at my craft. And finally, by working so closely with Robert and the team at Ardo, I was able to get a much deeper understanding of the need for and the value of photos for a product company like this, which in turn helped me to become really good at selling my photos to other companies, which is why I'm able to help teach you how to sell your photos to other companies too. The reason I wanted to interview Robert is to help give you guys some insight to the back end of licensing your photos. Because if you can understand your customers and the way they think, then you can help them more. And if you can help them more, then you can make more money. So here we go. Robert Fox, head of marketing at Ardo Brick. Robert, tell us kind of what your role is at this company. Yeah, um, I'm the vice president of marketing and dealer sales. So I'm responsible for identifying what tools are needed by the customer to answer their questions and to inspire them. And um, then once we figure out what kind of tool is needed, then we work together to create that tool. So photography is really important in that whole, you know, part of, of marketing. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit, uh, give us a rundown of all the different areas that you guys use photography in a company like this? Yeah, so pretty much everything. So brochures, um, flyers, posters, trade show, booths, um, graphics. Um, then we have all the social media, so Instagram, Pinterest. On Google, we post the photos also on the, the image side. Um, it's just used everywhere. Yeah. And from uh, you know, your perspective in a company like this, how important is photography to what you guys do? Yeah, so what we do here is we make tiles, and tiles are really visual. So. Um, you can write a whole book about tiles and not inspire anyone unless you're, you know, you're a great writer. <laughs> but you can put one photo up and people just get totally inspired by that photo. That brings up a good point. Um, can you kind of explain that, that vibe, that feel, that, inspi- that inspiration that you're trying to kind of evoke in your viewers from your photos? Yeah, well, that's interesting. You know, I always think about this in uh, photos or images. You know, you'll need a thousand words for one picture. But I was thinking about that, and it's 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 more than that. It's what language are those thousand words? Mm. And if you're looking at a photo from California, words pop into your brain, and how that would fit in Newport Beach. But if you're seeing that photo and you're in New England. Mm-hmm. Then you're like culturally going, oh no, that's like Cape Cod look. That's a different feel. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just so universal. And then you know we got um, we got a contact this weekend from Switzerland. You know, most likely speaking German, and they saw a photo on Instagram. It wasn't the words; it was the image mm-hmm. that spoke to them. Yeah. So that's the amazing thing about photographs. Yeah. So. Um you know, part of what we talk about in the course a little bit is the idea that you're selling a dream and a lifestyle. Can you kind of speak to that in terms of, you know, when you look at a photo um, that you're either creating or purchasing from another photographer, you know, 
what are you trying to get out of that photo to express to these people? Yes, so yeah, it's, it's the inspiration, and I think the inspiration is different for everyone. If somebody's, you know, um, at retirement age and they've been saving their whole money for their dream home, that photo says that's the product, that's where I want to go home to mm -hmm. by just seeing that photo. It could be, um, you know, young married um, couple that's putting together a house and they're like, oh, well, that's going to be a home where I want our kids to grow up in. Mm -hmm. So the inspiration, we don't always know what the inspiration is of that photo, right. but for me, when I see the photo and I go, wow, especially when you're looking through books and if you stop and you go, I got to look at that more, mm -hmm. that's the key with photography is when they go, stop and they look. And then they start putting their own story, right. their life story to that and say, that's it. You know, like my wife will go, oh, we got to have that in our house. Well, why? Because it's, it's something personal. Yeah, and I think that's a good kind of topic to bring up and to, uh, you know, hone in on a little bit here is that every person is going to have a different frame of reference. Every person is going to have a different style. And you do want people to put themselves in that story. So when we talk about you know, using a props kit to stage a place or you know, selling the dream and the lifestyle, like you're trying to make the viewer of that image imagine themselves in that space. You're trying to make them say, I wanna live here, I want my house to be like this, I gotta have that. So in terms of marketing, you know, we're using these images to try to sell a product, but in order to sell that product, they have to imagine themselves in that space. They have to want their home to be like that. They want to have to, like you said, like bring their kids or, or raise their kids in a home like that. So I think that's really great that, uh, that you talked about that. Yeah, the other part too is sometimes celebrities use our product and they want to have that same product so they feel connected to that celebrity mm. or that lifestyle. Yeah. So that helps a lot too. Yeah. Um, we're gonna back up a little bit. Um, Ardo as a company, uh, you mentioned you guys obviously make bricks and tiles. Um, how big is this company um, when compared to other product manufacturers in the, the home space? Yeah, we're tiny. We're tiny. We're a family-owned business. Um, we've been in business for 53, almost 54 years now, but we're tiny compared to these multi-billion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. So we make a niche product. We create a product that has variation, texture, and is timeless. It's not such a, a trendy product. So we have to, with our photo, photography, um, convey that mm -hmm. to a customer so that they go, this is different than the big guys. There's some kind of, as Armin would say, soul mm -hmm. to the product, which, which there is. Yeah, so um, when I come to this factory, you know, I see three relatively large buildings. Uh, there's roughly 80 people that work here. Um, there's, you know, factory machines going constantly. There's workers, you know, looking like busy bees around the clock. So when I come here, to me, it's like, man, like you guys are producing a lot of tiles. I walk around, I see tiles piled up everywhere. And so it's interesting that you say you're tiny uh, because when I come here, I feel like, man, this is a pretty big operation. However, when I've gone to trade shows with you guys, uh, there's a trade show called Coverings that's, you know, just walls and floor coverings. And I see the booths of these other big tile companies then I realized like, oh, that's why you say you're tiny. Like, cause I see the size, the magnitude, the expense that these people put into their booths and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that you say tiny, but when I come here, I'm thinking like, it's pretty big, you know? Yeah, and in some cases there are smaller tile companies also that you know, maybe have two or three people that just love making beautiful mm -hmm. tiles. And that's their dream 
Um, so we're much larger than that, and that's pretty much how Ardo started it, where mm -hmm. he just started creating a project and it grew from there. Yeah. So yeah, we're you know we can do big jobs here, but we're still small. But you know what, our photography makes us look big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk about uh, how your photography, like you know, once uh, just to fill in the gap here for you guys watching. Uh, I worked on Retainer for Ardo for about three years. Um, before that, they you know, had random photos here and there. Can you kind of speak to that as far as how the images helped you guys kind of build the brand, so to speak, over those couple of years that I was working with you guys? Yeah, so when I started here and you and I started working, we maybe had 10 decent photos that we just regurgitated mm -hmm. over and over that didn't really tell the story. So. Um, at the time, you know, Instagram was starting to hit, um, and so um, Armin, the owner of the company, decided to put a lot more effort into that. So, um, yeah, so we started, since we had a language or photos to put out into these different medias, we, we got more exposure. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but even the big guys, they do the fake Photoshop kind of photos and there's no honesty or authenticity to those photos. Mm. So people started to see a very unique product and it just gave us, it built our vocabulary basically. Mm. Instead of having 10 words to communicate who we were, we now have thousands of mm -hmm. different photos that can communicate what we do. So then that way, like I talked about earlier, is you know social media, print, mm -hmm. ads, we could pull out of our bag of tricks any photo we needed for our product. Right. And um, it just been, it just is blown Ardo up. And, and when you say blown up, can you, uh, two part question I guess, uh, or two questions come to mind. Can you quantify, um, you know, as the person in charge of marketing, can you quantify, you know, an ROI on photography? Um, and also, what is the perception of people, like, you know, your dealers, your customers, your competitors, other people that make tiles, what has kind of been their perception as you guys have, you know, grown your vocabulary and increased your photo database? Yeah, so ROI is always tough in marketing, um, except for the bottom line and knowing where we're putting our efforts into social media and, and our catalog and our brochures. Um, and our sales are going, are going really well even in this environment. So um, that, that we can say that's definitely paying off. And then from our, um, our customers, we'll have customers come here and say, wow, I saw your photos on Instagram and I thought you guys were so much larger mm -hmm. than you are. Or our competitors come to us and say, wow, your photography is amazing. And what that does is says, if your photography is amazing, then your accounting and your development mm -hmm. and everything you do, it has to be the same. Mm -hmm. And then the credibility of the company goes up also. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, so talking about different companies, different size companies, I know you previously, before you worked at Ardo, worked for a different company that was a bit larger. Uh, so I'd love to kind of give some context to this because not only do you have the perception or your um, you know, experiences with Ardo and the photography here, but you have experience with another company that is larger that did photos a different way. Can you, so can you tell us what that company was, what you did there? Yeah, so that was a pigment manufacturer, and the pigment would be used in concrete. It's used in paints and tattoos and dog food and all sorts of <laughs> things like that. But mostly we were focused on building materials. So what we did is that we sold the material to the concrete um, producers, but we had to inspire 
the designers to specify it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time educating architects. And, but our big problem was we didn't find a uh, person like you um, to do photos for us. Plus it was really hard for our, for our clients to give us names of where the projects were actually mm -hmm. done. So first of all, we didn't know where the product went all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when we did, we would just get our, our sales guy out there to photograph it, and it would be you know noon with terrible light, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a messy area and all that. So it, it was rare for us to get good photographs. Um, but we did try different methods. Is we gave the little Kodak instant cameras to our salespeople and said, "You find a project, take a picture, send it to us, and then we'll send a professional." Mm. But the follow through was. Um, not there with our sales guys because they didn't really see the value. Mm. Whereas at Ardo, we know where a lot of the projects are going. Mm -hmm. And then when we get good service from our photographer who can track those jobs down and communicate with the designers and, and express the value they will get mm -hmm. out of us you know, promoting their, their project, yeah. then it becomes a win-win for everyone. That kind of leads me to another question I had is, can you talk a little bit about those struggles in getting good photos? You know, you were mentioning that you know the follow-through wasn't there. You don't always know where the product goes to, um, and you know one of the things we kind of talk about in the course is that by licensing your photos to a company like Ardo, you're helping them because, like you said, you don't always know where the photos go or where the where your products end up. Um, so, can you kind of talk about those struggles a little bit? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in photography, for us, um, we're kind of uh, focused on Southern California, we know where pretty much everything is in Southern California. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our photographs look like they're from Southern California, which does not speak to people in, let's say, Minnesota or in New England. Mm -hmm. So for us, if a photographer came to us and said, we have a photo from New England of your product that fits in naturally to that environment, mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's gold for us because right. now we can like we were talking about with language we can show it in an area where it will help them go right to their language quicker mm -hmm. so uh, let's say a photographer is in New England and shoots some stuff that they know is Ardo um, and they want to send it to you guys um, is that ever annoying when a photographer reaches out and says hey I have some images yeah, what's, that's not annoying. That's wonderful if somebody does that. But there are factors after that become annoying. Mm. They have a photo that has Ardo in it, but there's a carpet over our tiles. Mm. And just like, you know, in a, in a movie, you have an actor that's walking through a crowd, and you don't know which one is the actor. But then the movie magic is they just keep on that one character and go, oh, I better watch him. What happens in photography is we'll get a photo, and the star is not our tile. Mm -hmm. The star is the the um, the oven or right. the stove or the faucet, and we're like a bit player in in that picture. Mm -hmm. And for us, I would encourage photographers to think of all the different characters in their photo mm -hmm. to say, if I want to license this photo. Let me look at it from different perspective. Who is the star in this shot? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the stove. It's the washing machine. Oh, it's the tile. Mm -hmm. And then take photos that way. So then when you go to a vendor or a manufacturer and say, hey, I've got something for you, you'll go, wow, 
-hmm. you put our product as the star, mm -hmm. we definitely want to buy that photo. Yeah. Um, if a photographer emails you uh, with a photo that you know your your product is a star of the show, uh, besides having the good photo, obviously, what can they do to kind of get on your good side? What can they do to help ensure that you want to license the photo from them? Yeah. So the 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 part is is coming back full circle to is your question. Where do you use the photos? If somebody comes and says, "Oh, we want to license the photo to you," but we have certain requirements on it. It's going to be this much money, but you can only use it twice in a printed ad, and you can't really do it on social media, and you can't use it here here. We're like, well, our whole game plan for photos and usage is to share it out with everyone. Mm -hmm. Now, even though we love the photo, and we may buy it if it's like the cover shot on our price list or something, we may just say no because we can't use it everywhere we, we mm -hmm. want to use it. I think that's the part that a photographer has to understand. The other part is if we want to be honest and say, yeah, we'll protect your photo, we can't honestly say that if it gets on social media and they start... Oh, oh. oh sorry. sorry. It looks a lot better, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so sorry. The lights are on. Power just came yeah. on. <laughs> so um, so that's, that's a tricky part for, for us as... Um, they're trying to buy a photo is mm -hmm. where do we get to use it? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you as a photographer come and say, I understand your game plan with photography, let's come up with a plan mm -hmm. that will work for the way you want to use it, mm -hmm. um, it's great. And then you can say, okay, well, a bigger company would say, oh yeah, we can spend a lot of money. Smaller company would say, you know, I can hire a photographer and take a photo and take care of that mm -hmm. um, without having the license fees. So, right. But if you're talking like New England, you know, you got to fly out there. There's the cost to do that. Right. So, yeah. so essentially, if uh, somebody has something that's difficult for you to get, that's helpful. Um, what you're also saying is if they don't put stipulations or restrictions on how you can use it, that's helpful, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what about the language or, or how they kind of make the cold pitch? Um, you know, from talking to a lot of photographers, we hear that they don't know how to approach a company. They don't know how to word the email to make sure that they get seen. And part of what I teach in this course is that language and kind of how to make sure that you get seen and how to make sure that they don't just drop you to the bottom of your inbox. So from your perspective of somebody that I'm assuming gets a lot of emails every day, you know, what kind of um, email can somebody craft that will get your attention and not annoy you and, and make sure that they get seen? Yeah, well, like when looking at resumes, you got 10 seconds and, and with somebody sending you an email, you may have two seconds mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is something different. So I guess the key is make sure you hit the right person mm -hmm. who's making the decision because there may be five people that look like they're making the decision on the photo, but they're not the one. The right. second is I would just show the picture. Mm -hmm. the, the picture, if you're a good photographer, is going to blow people's socks off and yep. go, oh, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want that. And you don't have to hear the pitch about the photographer and how you know they went to school and, <laughs> and, and all the light, everything, and how they can yeah. turn that photograph into huge profits for you. Mm -hmm. We already know that part. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a good photographer. Yeah. So would you say short and sweet? Short and sweet. <laughs> short and sweet yeah. and not unreasonable. And mm -hmm. maybe, you know, once you build a relationship with um, a customer, then you can start seeing how you can expand that relationship. Mm -hmm. But get your foot in the door first yep. and, and make it, um, 
useful for both parties. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot here. If you're not comfortable saying that's okay. Um, another thing a lot of photographers struggle with is pricing. Um, you know, people are scared to say a number that they think is too high. You know, they don't want to lose the sale. They don't want to underprice themselves. A company like Ardo that is a small tile company, um, are you allowed to say kind of what ballpark you guys are comfortable spending on, you know, a photo or several photos that somebody might license to them? Yeah, so that's a tricky question. Sure. Um, so it, it really depends on the value of the photo to okay. us and what, where we're going to use it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, would we spend a thousand bucks on a photo if it's like a fantastic photo that we could use on our price list or something? If it's something just as, um, you know, we have a, a bunch of photos of that same product, mm -hmm. it's not going to be as important to us to get it. So. Mm -hmm. I think as a photographer, don't feel like you're getting rejected because the motivations to us, you may not understand the motivations mm -hmm. to us. If it's like, um, you know, our Winslet blend, we've got lots of Winslet blend. Right. But if it's, you know, Olison tile that we don't have a lot of good applications, we'd be willing to pay more for that. Got it. So yeah. money-wise, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, we paid, you know, $100 for a photo or we'll pay more than that. So. Mm -hmm. It, it, it really depends. Yeah. And, you know, we are a small, a small marketing company. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check my notes and see what other questions uh, I haven't gone over yet. Uh, Jordan, if you want to chime in and remind me yeah, of anything. No, I think uh, um, I, I, so far this is, like, really insightful. Oh, uh, I, I got some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're at about nine minutes before this thing stops. Okay. All right, so let's talk about how you guys organize your photos here. Um, I know because I helped you uh, implement a digital asset management system that you guys use a management system like this. Um, do you think a lot of other companies have their photos organized like this? Um, is that something that um, you know, has helped you guys? Kind of talk about your, your asset management. Yeah, so um, I know you know the answer to the question, but for us, um we own most of our photos, so we are willing to share those out with, with people. But originally we had it on Google Drive, and then Google Drive we had it password protected. So we couldn't really share it, so then we had to go hunt down the photos and then download them and then send them the photos, which then we'd have to use Dropbox or something like that. So it, it was all these different layers and friction to getting the photos to our customers. So then, you know, we were started to look and we looked at a lot of different um, ones and, and then you ended up um, coming across Photo Shelter, which has been fantastic because it's one central location. We can put the photos up there. They can download the photos in different resolutions um, and it's open 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And then we can password protect certain ones so that we don't want our customers to get access to that photo, but we can send out the majority to our customers. So what happens, which is the exciting part, is we have thousands of photos, right? We have three, 400 dealers out in the marketplace that are all trying to get into social media, but they don't have content. Mm -hmm. So we are feeding them content with our photographs. So they can go on there and say, oh, this looks great in New England, love this photo, I'm gonna take it and put it on Instagram. Yeah. So now they, have tools, their clients see it, 
our dealer is now getting more sales. Other people on Instagram see that photo, they go, oh, I love that, who did that? Even though they're not in New England, mm -hmm. they're in New Mexico, they contact us and we get the business. Cool. So it's like, um, it just expands out, multiplies from one photo to 300 to 400 companies yeah. and it, it, it goes out from there. So photo shelter is beautiful because it's, it's available 24 seven. We can do meta tags mm -hmm. um, and sort it so you can just say I want a square mm -hmm. and it'll find all squares or you're looking for a certain color, it will find all the projects that way and um, our dealers love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when, when, just to clarify, when he's saying that customers have access, he's talking about his dealers. So those three, 400 tile showrooms around the country now have access to all their photos because they're in this one central place. Um, yeah, and then our dealers will send a link to the photo to their customer mm -hmm. like that. And just like I said, a photo has a thousand words. They can just send the photo. Somebody says, I love it. That's it. Let's, yeah. and, and then they close the deal. Right. Um, so... In my experience, I feel like probably not a lot of companies use something like this. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, and I don't know for sure, but from your experience and you know the different industries you've worked in, the different people you are in, in circles with, do you feel like a lot of people are using something like this um, that no. helps them with their you know outreach like this? No, and then they're also stingy with sharing. Mm. So they might have something nice on the back end, but they're really protective of their photography. Mm -hmm. So it isn't a useful tool. But no, you're, you're right. And as we knew, it was hard to find a good one. Right. And Photo Shelter's done really well because there really wasn't a mm -hmm. really good way, a solution. Yeah. So yeah, and, you're right. It's And part of the reason I bring this up is because I want photographers to understand that um, you know, there might not be a very sophisticated way of keeping track of things. So if you try to say like, it can only be used for a year and only in these applications, like, if somebody's using Google Drive, like, how are they gonna even keep yeah, track of that, right? you can't. And then you're just like, forget it, um, trying to be an administer of the, that, and honestly say to the photographer, we'll tech, protect your photograph, mm -hmm. you, you can't do it. So right. uh, we're not gonna use the photo if you guys are gonna have these rules yeah. for us to use it. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk real quick about budgeting. Um, He's mentioned at your previous company, you guys didn't have a photo budget. Um, is that something you actively do here, is kind of put a budget on photos? And, and if so, what do those internal conversations look like between yourself and the other people within the organization about how to allocate money for photography? Yeah, so, um, you know, in the past, we pretty much had photos flowing in all the time uh, because we, we had you on retainer. Um, now it's more based on, since we have thousands of photos, we're more picky about what photos we want to, to, to get to mm -hmm. fill in the gaps that we don't have. So um, it comes in basically now um, based on the job, if it's, gonna, if it's gonna be, if it's something where we have a weakness, we're not showing a product well, then that's when we go in, but it's more case by case now. Mm -hmm. Do you think larger companies, um might actually have like an allocated budget or even like fiscal quarterly budget kind of things? I don't, I don't know if they do so much just on photography, but they may on social media and they'll have to take a certain percentage of that budget that will go for, towards photography. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they think of it just as gotcha. photography, but yeah. hey, we're doing Instagram, we're doing a campaign certain portion of that's gonna have to be photography. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So maybe you don't know the answer to this um, based on your, your previous experience, but 
I had this idea of um, you know going to some of the larger companies that might have quarterly marketing budgets and asking them like, hey, the year's almost over. If you have any budget left over, uh, I'll give you a discount on some of these photos that you know maybe you said no to in January, but maybe you have some extra money you need to blow in December. Do you think that's a uh, a viable? Oh yeah, and thing? I think so because you may have a social media budget mm -hmm. which isn't for photography, but now somebody said, hey, I have a, a bunch of great photos, and yeah, you say, yeah, I have money left over in this budget, I could use that towards photography mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Maybe one final question here. Let's talk about producing your own shoots, uh, meaning you know, you're building out a set or you, know, you are taking your products and putting them in a place versus hiring a photographer to go to a location where something's already been installed versus licensing a photo from somebody that already shot it and they're just sending you a digital file. Yeah, I think I got the question there. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, and it, there could be a lot of savings if you have a, a photographer who's going to a site where the site's already installed and mm -hmm. ready to shoot compared to setting up or staging something here, which we've done, which can take all day to get a couple good photos, mm -hmm. which doesn't always have the same authenticity as a real a job. Yeah. Um, and then the, the middle question you had on... Is well, it, just kind of the difference. So, um, you know, I know that I've worked with you guys, and obviously I'm kind of setting this up because I, I know, um, you know, the situation here, but... With you guys, we have tried to produce our own shoots, um, but at the same time, it was really difficult, right? Because we didn't have you know, a place that we can build out a kitchen to put a backsplash. We had right. to go out in this factory and lay things on the floor and try to shoot from above. Um, so you know, for a company your size, you know, can you talk to the challenges of you know, why you're unable to do that or why that's so difficult and why you might you know, prefer to hire somebody or just license a photo instead of trying to produce your own shoots? Yeah, so in that case, when we try to stage something here, our challenge is we sell lots of products, so we don't always, it's like I'm talking about where we want to have photos of products that we don't have photos of, right? Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes we have to try to stage it, but we could have actually shipped that same product someplace outside of California, and that is a beautiful install, and it's going to look far better than we could ever stage it here, so mm -hmm. that's a big benefit of having a photographer contact us and say, hey, I've got a great photo of your product. Mm -hmm. um, if somebody knows that they're going to a place, like let's say they're in New Mexico, that they're in New England, um, if somebody knows they're going to a place that already has your stuff installed, maybe they saw their client tag you on Instagram as the install was happening and now their client's hired them to go shoot that, um, how would you feel about a photographer contacting you and saying, hey, I'm gonna be at this place that has your stuff installed. Here's a couple of Instagram behind the scenes photos. You know, do you want images of this place? Um, I would definitely answer, answer the email. Yeah. I would take the time and, to read it and see, you know, I definitely wanna see their work because you also get a lot of people who, um, who want to try to make some money and say they're a photographer, but they just started yesterday mm -hmm. and make some money. So, right. you know, when you're a prof professional photographer, you have nothing to worry there because right. you have a portfolio to show. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be something I'd be interested in, especially, cool. like I said, it's a product we don't have a shot. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up. Any last advice for photographers that may want to license a photo to uh, Ardo or a similar company that makes and manufactures products? No, just enjoy what you're doing. Um, you know, 
if you love what you're doing and you um, make the star look great, um, then it will work out, I think. Cool. You know? Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for tuning in to this conversation with Robert. I have no doubt that you got a lot of really great insight from listening to him. To get even more insight from Robert, check out the Licensure Photos course. In the bonus content there, we actually have another 12-minute video where Robert and I walked around the Ardo Brick showroom and discussed other things. We pointed out some uh, distinctions in their products. We talked about how they use their uh, photos and printed materials. And it was a really great conversation, again, just showing you a little bit more behind the scenes of this other end of photo licensing. Now, if you're ready to take your photo licensing to the next level and learn how to proactively license your photos to companies just like Ardo, you can use the promo code thank you at checkout for 25% off the Learn to License Your Photos course. This is just my way to show my appreciation for you taking your time to listen to this podcast. So head over to licenseyourphotos.com to join right now using promo code thank you for 25% off. And if you found anything in this episode helpful, which I know you did, please consider sharing it with one or two of your photographer friends. It would really mean a lot to us. Thanks for listening and good luck making some sales this week. Mm-hmm.